right, all right, all right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 31 of the Dirtbag Dugout Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tony Rivers. With me, as always, the Steam Nate Weeks. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline for this episode in particular. Uh, I don't know if you just want to jump right into it, Nate, and we can just kind of riff off towards our uh, expectations. But a lot of a lot of craziness coming up for the past season. And I guess it kind of leads into what does that hold for 2023? So kind of long-winded, but basically we're talking about the Goldilocks balls that uh, were found in a couple of key regular season games and some postseason games. Now, uh, I guess, like I said, you just take the helm. What, what are your thoughts on that? So let's break down the Goldilocks balls, right? So insider is the one who breaks the story about uh, juiced, dead, and Goldilocks, right? Mm -hmm. Three ball categories, three different weights, and the, the real getter is that the sample they they used they accumulated 204 baseballs from across the season and most of these uh goldilocks balls which weighed 115.46 grams appeared right at the end of august the end of september and then for a lot of the postseason these goldilocks balls were in play and so I think the study that uh, was released uh, came from Dr. Meredith w- uh, Wills, mm-hmm. and 36 balls out of a 204, it's a significant sample size. Absolutely. All of it, So, look, just the numbers don't lie. Baseball is chock full of analytics ever since Moneyball, but what we've learned is that the money, like the, the numbers don't lie. So we've got three different weights and look, the MLB commissioned counter studies to say that uh, what Meredith Wills, Dr. Meredith Wills found was wrong. Uh, The veracity of their counter studies was nowhere near as empirical as the evidence gathered by uh, this team from the Society for American Baseball Research. Yeah, Saber, man, that's like you said, hard analytics. That's that is their bread and butter. We, uh, why not specifically? I should say more more specifically, me under our moniker, I'm a student member of that. So I try, you know, to be on the up and up regarding any publication. Obviously, every March, I believe they have their their, uh, I guess you could say, conferences where they have different figureheads throughout you know, MLB baseball as a whole, like Rap Soto, like, you know, obviously pitching mechanic companies, just anything that has to do with baseball. It isn't anything that's just one dimensional. It's multifaceted. So especially going back to uh, Dr. Will's uh, research, I had just seen as well, scrolling through Twitter, uh, there's a specific, let me make sure I get his name right. I believe it's Brandon uh, Warford, if I'm not mistaken, but there there is a specific a journalist who broke this story that that very same insider uh, article and also showcases not only on his twitter page but his tiktok showing the doctor herself 
literally unstitching, undoing, finding that batch number that would that was specifically marked that you know whatever ball, whether it's the juice, the dead, or the Goldilocks ball. So, like much like you said, the fact that MLB as a whole, of course, no conflict of interest there. Like why would that be a thing? But the fact that they're trying to tout this counter study when she herself put hands on product and did the research herself. She didn't just send it off to her lab and it was her, through her own efforts under her own hand. So um, I guess what I'm getting at is, is this, well, I mean, I, I have my own answer, but how much of a black eye is this for MLB, especially given the fact that they're trying to perpetuate this, this counter narrative? Oh, the fact that uh, Manfred is downplaying, deflecting, trying to put this into the back burner of history. He wants this to go away as quickly as possible. Yeah. It, we have credible evidence. And so I think it, uh, right now what we see is the players have a right to demand transparency from the league. Absolutely. And that's so the league provided them half of an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, there were Kershaw, all right. Look, this is a guy who has played a fuck ton of baseball. He's a goddamn good pitcher. I trust his eye. All right. So when he says that a ball going out at a 30 degree launch angle at 105 is probably a home run, and then suddenly it, it deadens out at the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like make that make sense. And I know we had kind of seen, even before this had broke out, just a lot of balls just kind of just losing their their air, you know, basically getting to the warning track, like a lot of warning track balls. So, I mean, with their small, you know, sample size compared to how many balls get used over the course of the season, you know, even between individual teams, that just kind of leads you to think like how many more were out there, how many more were used in key games. I know they said All-Star game was different balls. I know they said Yan Yankees home games in specific were were the one team mentioned for sure. And then obviously postseason was a was a different ball. So how much how much does Manfred really think that even the casual observer wouldn't notice that or wouldn't have those type of questions? Like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense, especially at this point. If it's already broken open, the fact that you're trying to put it like you said on that back burner just makes it so much worse like it's almost impl implicit on your part that you're trying to avoid yet another black eye on your already tarnished legacy like is this really a self-preservation move like how how can how can anybody take this with without feeling some kind of way about that i don't think that manfred comes out of this intact i think his commissionership of the league which has already been scrutinized, only is incurring further scrutiny. And really, look, for Manfred and the league to say that this new manufacturing process uh, resulted in one ball weight, uh, mm -hmm. and that there would be some variation. Look, nothing, we've got 114, 115, and 117. That's three grams of difference mm -hmm. for pitchers across the league to say that they're doing their own diagnostics in their warmups on the balls. Hey, this one feels heavier. I'm not throwing that, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. 
So I, it, I don't know. It, this is not good. Because no. There's no positive spin on this. I mean, you could, you could argue um, like going from hard left to hard right. Obviously we saw the juice balls in 21. Okay. This is the league trying to correct or overcorrect, you know, quote overcorrect. Um, but that would make, like you said, that would, that would lead one to assume that they're going hard right and just sticking with one, how, how do I say, just with one specific ball size or, you know, just one, not three different at three different times sprinkled throughout the season with almost randomness. I mean, that, if you think randomly sprinkling that is going to even, even things out, like, no, that, that causes more discrepancies. That causes more, uh, just potential for randomness and chaos, especially in what should be a structured season, which should be a fair and balanced opportunity for team, for teams to win. So the big, another question these Goldilocks balls raise is judges legacy is breaking Roger Mayer's record. Is that still valid? Sure, like, don't get me wrong, he, he, he should lack 62, okay? But here's my thing. When they, they weren't Goldilocks balls. Oh, damn. I didn't even think about that, especially com- comparing it was literally Yankees, Yankees games. Oh. And, and this is, look, baseball loves subterfuge. We love good conspiracy theories. Because now the conspiracy is that the league deployed Goldilocks balls just for him to break the record. Jeez, how did I not even? I seriously didn't even think about that. I was wondering too. I'm like, why is there such a discrepancy with at least specifically Yankee Yankees games? Oh man, I'm kind of my hands are kind of shaking a little bit. Like I know, you know, we want to put our tinfoil hats on because we feel like we're crazy. Oh my god. But yeah, yeah, I mean that that's nothing against against Judge. I mean, whether he was in or or out of it, but the fact that the league felt uh enabled to take that step, you know, just for the narrative's sake, like that's almost well, it is cheapening of his efforts, you know. How how would I feel if you know you talk about like deflate gate, but in a different way, like, oh well, I could have, you know, I feel fully confident. You look at these these ballers like they have full confidence in themselves so how much how much mental you know gymnastics would you have to do to try and uh, like that just that blows my mind just trying to get in the mind of Aaron Judge like how would that make him feel to know that the league undercut him just not even for himself like not like literally for the sake of getting eyes you know on on the network getting eyes on their games you know just for ratings like Oh, that has to feel so cheapening. That has to make you feel so like used, feel dirty. Burned. Yeah, yes. feel jaded. Anything, I would feel jaded. Oh, that's oh. yeah. I like the way you said that because if you're judge, you do feel used because the way it gets deployed, your narrative, you're on top of the fucking world because you just you you cemented yourself in Yankees legacy. Yep. So. The fact that the league may or may not have played an active role 
in pushing you. Jeez. I think, man, I don't look, Judge, obviously, he would never uh, be implicated in anything like that because, look, mm-hmm. wouldn't reach his level. But do I think Manfred told whoever was taking balls to Yankee Stadium for those games? He was probably like, look, you pick these balls up. Mm-hmm. Probably something or uh, in many more emails got communicated along the lines. That just makes you wonder how, I mean, it's not even really super deep. Like you said, it's not super tinfoil, but you got to wonder how many, how many strings were pulled, like you said, to get certain, you know, certain boxes in the stadium. You know, how many of those humidifiers were literally watched under lock and key by trusted, you know, quote, trusted, you know, insiders that knew what was going on. And I mean, wow, that, that blows my mind. Like, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. I, I'm, I'm right. like lost for words about it. It just, it really breaks open what, what else does MLB do? Especially like we said, MLB loves narratives. We've said this throughout the season. What else have they done, especially in recent history, you know? When viewership has been kind of mm-hmm. been down, you know, like, oh, we got some, we lost some, we got some, you know, because MLB has gone through that where, hey, we had, we're struggling to stay relevant to younger generations. I mean, even the NFL is having that problem now. But uh, the fact that you think about the the dynastic changing of the hands that have occurred in MLB, like all of the stories that have been told, it just you really do start to wonder a little bit. It's one after the other. I mean if we really want to go back to Astros cheating scandal, whatever, 2017, that's only now six years. You got to think in the last half a decade, we'll just, you know, nice round number, half decade. It's almost something, you know, almost every year, basically since at least since that, if you really want to make that the catalyst of when everything just gets broken open, hyper analytics, you know, you have a lot more baseball content coming out, you know, just individuals that are passionate about analytics or about breaking down film or, no, obviously with insiders, you know, noticing changes and doing the research themselves, uh, you know, apart from any MLB sanction research, like it, it just seems like it's something every year. And you know, what is it going to take for MLB to get to get its act together? Basically, like this isn't going to do anything for for viewership. If anything, like you said, it's going to be that downward trend. Like, OK, well, I know they're going to pull some shenanigans next year. I know that, you know, you have uh, pitch clock and robo umps come in coming up in in a year or two so like all the all these moves all these counter moves have been super counterintuitive to to the beauty of the game and and stuff like this is such a black eye like it's so unnecessary too man it broke me a little bit there because you're absolutely right this is a it's a besmirchment to the beauty of baseball and it it sucks that uh, you have players uh, speaking out about the fact that, hey, I feel like I've got different ball weights all season. Um, violence, too. I know in the article itself, it's Bradford William Davis. So if you guys are looking looking him up, it's BWD, BWD, BWD. So I don't know why he chose his initials three times, but that's his ad on Twitter. But uh, in the caption of, you know, uh, he posted it multiple times but he had said in one of the other captions that a player had brought it forth to MLB and they basically told him to 
or it says, oh, a player got a stern warning from the league for trying to help. So purposely, it's not just, you know you're doing something too, especially like you said, a player, a pro who knows the difference in, in weight size literally from touch is trying to bring up, hey, there's something up with this and they're getting their hands smacked and being told to shut up. Like that doesn't, again, that doesn't add the confidence. It's the red flag. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the league has a lot to atone for. I think if a study like this is replicated in 2023 um, from a Sabre-sponsored research partner, uh, that we pay very close attention to it because MLB will try and shut it down because we aren't going to pretend like uh, Society for American Baseball Research isn't a trusted and beloved partner because they are. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a reason that scouts, coaches, you know, you start with like a saber cert now, yeah. or since it's founding in like the 70s. Yeah. It, there, there's a reason that they're a trusted baseball entity mm-hmm. Man, he can try and discredit them all he wants there's just too much they have their fingers and in a good way they have their fingers in a lot of different pies for a good reason there's so many resources so i would definitely advise anybody who's who's looking even just for a regular membership even just to get yourself in the door like i said just the conferences alone are such a wealth of information i mean just the connections you can make the different speakers from like you can literally have representatives from teams themselves like I said, if you have Rapsodo, like obviously, you know, pitch mechanics and stuff like that. You can talk to somebody from from Rawlings, like actual gear. There's a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of of resources. You know, they're not. It's not a one trick pony. Basically, there's no there's no real conflict of inf- of interest for them to go against the grain of MLB. If anything, it's helping to grow the game and to keep it accountable because this affects so many different so many different industries within the industry of baseball like it's yeah if anything like you said it, it should be the most trusted right now when they come up with something is there what I, what does it take for manfred or the league to do and or you know how, because you have to pull the curtain back you have to be totally transparent if you're the league now that is one thing yeah that was pretty much it even that some kind of independent i don't want to say committee like that but just some something where it's independent but yet it's like not oversight but in a way you know it it is separate from mlb but has has discretionary control over you know and especially transparency that, that is you know that that has to be the biggest thing because this is such a crossroads if we weren't at a crossroads before with the initial juice balls this this is putting MLB right in the crosshairs of of fans not wanting to attend or you know canceling subscriptions this that the other like this is this is such a a bad time for them to to be doing stuff like this so it's gonna take something drastic like you said pulling back the curtain being open and honest I mean I don't need to have a live stream of you know all thirty front offices I don't need you know, hard knocks type of production where you show me every single second that, you know, of every meeting, but it has to be something more significant than, than this cloak and dagger stuff we've been seeing. Like, that's just not going to cut it anymore. Cloak and dagger. It feels like the league has kind of been operating in that way with 
I mean, last season we started late because they, everybody wanted to be fucky. Mm-hmm. No, like, let's not have short memories here, okay? Like, that was the league and the owners. That was not the ball players. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be very clear about the fucking, you know, that why we started late last year is because of ownership and fucking the league. So, and I guess that's enough. That's a great example in recent memory of the league shooting itself or putting its foot in its mouth, literally compromising itself. How how do you start? How does the league become appealing again? Because I'm watching, I'm watching the skepticism. Yeah, and I love the ball part. But if I if I get worried about dead balls, juice balls. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to save my 60 bucks. You know, I'm going to save my 100 bucks and just, I'd rather just go to the damn sports bar down the street and, you know, it's basically going to be the same experience or at least I can send, you know, send that money over to the bartender for some, you know, for rounds for the boys instead of, you know, wasting three, four hours of my time knowing that there's there's some fucky stuff. Like, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything for anybody. Not at this point. Like you said, it has to be, transparent there has to be significant apparent and transparent change like it's it's just not it's not going to cut it anymore um with manfred taking accountability like that's probably like the best damage control he could do right if he just finally mm -hmm. just fessed the fuck up yeah it's not a good look the 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 i mean it's kind of like all all political stuff aside but you know how we see certain certain heads of state with their word salad and non-answers are trying to frame certain like dude just it's a yes or no answer like okay yes i did this yes we put this in this is how we're going to do better like at, at this point you can't you can't afford to do more word salad and try to be some kind of like political figure where you try to church up you know certain actions i mean it's 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 crap basically what what you've done it's crappy to the game. It's crappy to the fans. There's no way to church it up to make it uh, palatable. Like people aren't just going to accept a, a non, you know, a non-straightforward answer. Is changing the manufacturing standard or criteria? It feels wrong it, because we, the fact that we had three different balls in play, ball weights in play last year. There clearly isn't a standard there. No. Would a man it has to be across? It has to be across. You know, if you're talking about individual games, like I've just been scrolling through because I don't want to read the whole article because I mean it's pretty much going to take the whole time. But it there's a specific paragraph where pitchers notice like uh, where is it? First inning they're decent. Third they're bad. Fourth inning they're okay. The fifth inning they're bad. There's no common ground with the balls. Like you said, there's no there's no set standard. Like even how I said earlier, even with the randomness, you're trying to randomize an even fair advantage. No, it would be even and fair if it was even and fair, not ran, you know, not random quote. Like it, it has to literally be even and fair across the board. I, uh, I, I guess I can only hope that another study like this gets conducted. Just for my own edification and to see if anything changes because if nothing changes then the league has got a more concerning problem absolutely it's not 
it like I, I keep saying it doesn't bode well for for confidence in product on the field it doesn't it doesn't lead me to think that the league takes this kind of stuff seriously enough they just think people are just going to fork over their money and and immediately forget i mean much how we said much how you suggested like let's not have short memory especially the podcast you know a couple dozen ago where we were talking at the beginning of the year like hey this might drive some fans away i mean we'll probably still be hype and we were hype for the beginning you know for baseball just because it's the game we love to start but at the same time let's not immediately cast it off and forget because the second we forget look look what happens we, we get some other kind of craziness that comes up so it's the fact that it's so close together um i think we're really going to see ramifications more than the actual dead balls more than or you know uh live balls and stuff like i think the fact that now it isn't just oh yeah well you know we're trying to boost our product like that was obviously the angle that they tried to take last year you know oh well we're just trying to you know send more home runs and you know try to you know get fan engagement this is how do you get fan engagement with dead balls with warning track shots that look like they should be going literally out of the stadium like that just that's what i mean it's a completely different situation it doesn't it doesn't make sense for that or for that angle for them to take and there's no bigger mood killer in a stadium than the anticipation of that ball clearing the fence and it just hard falling. And look, like those are on good days where there's you know, no wind blowing in on hitters. Yeah. So, again, the, just the fact that there's empirical data there is independently and uh, scientifically correctly uh, uh, studied, conduct, uh, a scientific study was conducted, and these are the results. You, like, look, you don't get mad. That's just, that's just what it was. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yep. They literally did it across from June to November. So commemorative, they found about two or three balls. I guess this is out of 15. July, obviously, it was All-Star Week, and these are the Goldilocks balls. Uh, they found more commemorative in some at Yankees games, so I think it was up to five or half and half, so two and three uh, in August. I believe they found one for a commemorative in September, and then the rest were at Yankees, so I think that's about six or seven. And then postseason, it just jumps up to about 16, and then it looks like there's one at Yankees for a Yankees game, and then one for a commemorative, and then obviously November, all postseason. So all of postseason, and it says... Not, you know, obviously the Goldilocks ball is not too heavy, not too light, but just right. Of those, we found most in one of three situations, postseason games, including the World Series, the All-Star game, and the Home Run Derby. So again, same deal with the Home Run Derby. That ma- that gets, makes you question, like, the legitimacy of, you know, some of these projected distances. And, you know, like, I, I would argue, like, okay, that's probably the one time, you know, fine. I'm okay with at least for the derby. You want to see balls fly out and it just becomes yes. down to your swing. And you know, it's going to at least clear the fence. It just depends on your own swing and your own power. That I can, I can let go in a sense, but mm, I'm kind of more on the fence about the postseason. I could see the argument for that because you want to make the postseason more exciting. But at the same time, like mm, that kind of just adds extra undue stuff to it. 
I mean, I'll play devil's advocate for uh, a purist in the fact that uh, it should have been a standard weighted ball. The fact that we had Goldilocks balls, the the I guess the predominant amount of 16 in that bar graph, just it. Mm-hmm. It's such a high jump. Like it literally kind of just trickles and then it just shoots up. It's under literally September. Like I said, it's like six, maybe seven. And then October just shoots over over 15. It's probably like 16 or 17. It's just such a disparity. That's what gets me. It's like, I, I could see where, okay, we want to make it exciting. But the fact that it's such a high number, it's like, no, you guys know what you're doing. Like you guys are obviously trying to trying to pull some stuff in. Apparently there yeah. were in the specs, but like you said, that that's such a wide range. And you're talking about different weights, different construction. The fact that you have these certain balls um, marked, like it's not just a random, like, oh, well, it just happens to be 1.5 ounces and this one happens to be 1.8 it's literally you have them marked specifically because you know which are which like there's no and i I really the when you look at the the 50th anniversary commemorative one for the rangers yes the seams man look at the the seams you can see they're popping off man it's like i'm no expert i'm no pitcher but you can see those things those little red veins are like like claws coming out of that damn ball like so, I mean, that's not a, a concern in itself. I don't know what, like, you know, and that's the, I'm no expert, but fuck, man, I know a fish when I see a fish. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, like I said, I, I'm no expert by any means, but that, that's something where you know, you just visually, you can see there, there's something going on there. There, there's not like, what, what are we doing here? We're just making up. We're just making up rules now as we go, just because they quote fit in the specs, but the specs are so are so you know dis- there's such a disparity between that. And I know that the players are protected by the union because the insider article mentions uh, a little bit of nefarious leanings in the fact that. If anyone were to have been discovered helping Dr. Wills uh, sourcing her balls uh, for this study, that they, you know, if they weren't a part of union protections, that their jobs could have been uh, compromised. You know, the league has, of course, staunchly said that no one would ever uh, have their employment threatened, but it seems like something they would do to yeah, survive. find some back some backdoor way of exerting their influence or kind of just quietly putting somebody getting either blacklisted blackballed or putting somebody low-key disappearing somebody you know putting them black site you know never really seeing their face again and I know specifically the doctor she had been uh I'd first heard of her for from the uh starting nine podcast RIP and peace because that I think is garbage now but you know back back then um and this was like at least two maybe even three years ago now i think this was either leading into the 2020 season i i'm pretty sure i think this was right before i uh before i started recording initially and yes she's been on her stuff it's not like she has any kind of vendetta she is such a bright and just very uh it's not intricate what's what's the word just in like just very it's articulate very articulate especially about the science of baseball she's very much into this it isn't just oh i'm an astrophysicist and i just happen to like baseball like she has made this her life work so to be 
almost kind of brushed off as as casual, especially by somebody who's quite literally just a labor lawyer. Like, okay, dude, like guy, all you do is read special documents. Yeah. Complicated math about a sport we all love. Yeah, for at least a handful of decades. Like I want to say at least 10 or 20 years. She's been at this for quite some time. So how about you pipe down and, and sit in your nice New York office, nice and comfy, doing nothing? Like, what a privilege to like she just studies the the physics of baseball. Like just like I, I ain't a smart man, Jenna, but I know math. <laughs> and she is doing PhD level math on the game. And it's nuts to think that the that, that the game invokes scholarly involvement like that. Uh, just the fact that you have someone who's so dedicated to the art of science applying it to baseball. Uh, fortunate, you know, not to just continue hyping uh, Dr. Wills and the study, but look, I'm all about empirical independent data. That has been what has been gathered and presented. The league needs to listen to it. The players deserve honest recourse. The fans deserve better. They deserve a better product. I mean, that's that's exactly where you're leading. That's that's what it is. So well, I guess that's a good segue then. Talking about fans and product on the field and what to expect. Um, I guess we can just wrap up this uh, particular episode and season two overall if you guys haven't read the description this is the official end of season two uh, i believe we'll have season three episode one coming up roughly around i want to say opening day give or take a few few days around that end so won't be doing anything for pitcher for pitchers and catchers coming up in two weeks but basically my question to you is give me three teams that you think will do better this year and three teams you think will do worse this year all right, so for three on the up, you know what? I'm going to go and up on the Angels. I'm going to say that they actually make the postseason. We'll go real bold. Hmm. You know, I, I want to be bold here. Um, somebody else who's going to do better. Try to be quick, try to be quick. Um, let's see. Go with your gut, man. What does your heart tell you? Oh, my heart tells me the Cubs just because I want us not to suck. Hey, they made some sneaky moves, though. I wouldn't be mad at that. I'm actually not mad at I'm a, You know, I'm going to take one of my team. Uh, but also uh, the local nationals, they have to do better. Um, so those I mean, are my – I shared that uh, that list of some prospects, some pro at least five promising prospects. I mean, Woo, at least there's some foundation. You could, you could maybe see some call-ups. I mean, I could see that. For the three, they're going to lag. We're going to see Atlanta. They're going to slide a little bit this season, I think. They're not going to meet the expectations after the diet, you know, after everything they put together. So Atlanta's on the down. I want to put the Yankees on the down. I want to, you know, just because I don't think that they're going to find the chemistry necessary to, to meet the expectations of them. Will they still um, make the postseason though? They'll still make the postseason. And but it might be about, you know, another but I don't know their chinny chin chin. Okay. Okay. Um last on the down. Ooh. 
go with your gut, man. Blue Jays. Blue Jays on the down. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. They they have been on the cusp and have fallen short. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Okay. okay. What's your three, three down? My three up. I'm gonna have to say the Orioles for sure. I'm gonna say the Orioles definitely make at least the postseason. They were so close, yet you know those handful of games really screwed them at the end. But I think that they're right on the cusp. Uh, I would say. I would also say maybe the Rangers, but I mean, that's a lot better than 75 wins, at least. Uh, if they do make the postseason, it probably would be a very narrow wild card. Um, but I'm not expecting it. I would be, I would like to see it just to mix up, you know, American League, but I'm not expecting that. I'm just, in, in a general sense, I feel like they'll do better. And I will say, I'll say the White Sox. I would like to see the White Sox. This is just more preference what I would like to see. I would like to see the White Sox do a lot better. I know last year we thought they were going to be a 90-win team and obviously it fell very short. So I think the the sky's the limit in terms of at least that division specifically. As far as going down, I would have said the Angels, but I think kind of like in agreement with you to a point, I don't think they'll do worse. I think this last season was their worst that they're going to have for a long time. So technically I would say yeah, they're gonna do better, but I don't I just don't see them doing postseason. Uh worse. Uh, I don't think the A's could do any worse. I mean they're they're pretty <laughs> so I can't really say them. I'm trying to think who else. Um who else could do worse? I'm gonna say somehow the Rockies. Their owner literally was like, oh, I, I think we could do 500 ball. Like, bro, if that's the bar. I get being realistic. Don't get me wrong. I get being realistic. But if if your bar is 500, 500 ball, I mean, yeah, not with that. No, not with that division specifically. The, the Padres and the Dodgers are going to have fun with you. Like, good luck being the fourth, fifth place team because even the Diamondbacks and Giants are going to have your number. So good luck with that. Um, but I'll say the Rockies still somehow magically do worse. Um, and I'll have to agree with the Blue Jays. Blue Jays as well. I think they're gonna take a step back. Uh, if I think it's gonna be the same deal if they do make it, it may be maybe strong finish, but I think it's gonna be a solid wild card, wild card uh, entrance. I don't think I don't think they're gonna overtake the Yankees. I mean, you still have even though the Red Sox can't do much worse. It's like the same deal as the Angels. Like they'll do better than last year, but they're not gonna all of a sudden blow you know blow everybody's mind. So. Uh, Three well, I can buy into that. That's good. I can, you know, that makes sense. I mean, it's realistic, but I mean, either way, I'm excited for, you know, 2023, what it brings. Um, yeah, we got a couple of weeks until opening day. So as always, people, we appreciate you following, listening, liking, sharing, all that good stuff. Uh, be sure to look for season three, episode one, when it comes out, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Until then, stay tuned, dirtbags. Thank you.